This podcast is not intended to provide any investment advice. The opinions expressed here by either the hosts or guests do not necessarily reflect the views of PSA, Collectors Holdings, or any of their affiliates. Any discussion of collectible values in the past or present is not a guarantee of future performance. Hello and welcome to The Index. My name is Chris McGill and I'm here with Ryan Green and Jack Archer. The Index discusses the hobby from the vantage point of price data and market trends provided by Cardladder. Here's the rundown. First, we overview notable auction prices realized over the last month, and then we discuss market swings, both by player and by card. Ryan, let's get started. So we thought we'd flip things a little bit. I actually, uh, you know, we were looking at the rundown of this show today. Chris puts incredible data from Card Ladder together each month, as you guys know, when you check in for the index. And one of the things we started noticing is as we get into the fall and football season's going, basketball season's on the horizon, baseball is hitting its peak in the postseason, you're really seeing some timely trends with uh, what's happening on the field, on the court, uh, in the arena with what's happening with cards and with their markets. And Chris, we're going to start this, uh, this month's index looking back on movement from September 2023 and into early October. We're going to look at rising and falling player indexes first. And I am super excited to talk about these because once again, the timeliness here uh, just hits just right. Yeah, right on, man. Well, the first player index we have up is Brock Purdy, who his player index and card ladder is up 34% in the last month, which seems high because for anything to appreciate by that amount in a 30-day span is a lot. But it also seems low just given how Purdy has sort of until very recently, in other words, until Sunday night football against the Dallas Cowboys recently, Purdy was a novelty and obscurity an afterthought, not somebody who was being considered as a quarterback at the front lines of, of NFL quarterbacking. But if you had been following the stats, such as quarterback rating, which is ESPN's proprietary metric, he's been number one all year, and he still is right now. So it's, it's, it's interesting, sort of, Purdy, the, the mystery surrounding him and sort of this breakthrough to the mainstream that he had. So what is driving this 34% increase in Brock Purdy's card letter index? Well, one of the cards that's moving within his index is the 2022 Prism Silver PSA 10. That's his rookie Prism Silver in the highest grade. That card sold for $561 on September 7th, and that was three days before the 49ers' first regular season game. And then most recently... It sold for $1,150 on October 8th, so more than doubling uh, over the span of the first month, the first four to five weeks of the NFL season. What do you guys think about Brock Purdy's ascent in the hobby so far this season? Winning sales? Yeah. <laughs> but, but seriously, he's been, he's been incredible, and I don't think he gets enough credit because there's McCaffrey, because there's Kittle, because there's Debo. But if I'm looking at QBs in the league today, I only have nine names that I'm confident could slide in for, for Brock Purdy in that system and 
be more successful than him. And even then, some of the names are like a little bit iffy. He's he's like the real deal. Yeah. And he hasn't lost. He lost the one game in the playoffs where he was injured. But not counting that, aside from that, he hasn't lost. It's been incredible. It's it's incredible to watch like the decision making and how seasoned he is. Um, you know, obviously played a lot of college football, and that I think makes a huge difference for a guy being able to come in and play and succeed right away like he has. Um but the thing that really stands out to me is he's played so well that almost nobody talks about the fact that their GM traded three first round picks less than two years ago to move up to number three in the draft to draft the guy who they already, who he replaced. Like that's how good he's been. But, um, you know, Chris, it's really fascinating what you said here with the silver prism. Cause you know, I, on this show, we've talked about the before that's kind of like, the barometer we use to measure a, a modern quarterback's movement in the hobby. That's kind of such a signature card, but I'm seeing some big sales of him. I saw at golden uh, just over a week ago, his gold vinyl PSA 10 prism out of five sold for 34 K. And I know seeing these price tags on ultra modern 2022, 2023 cards can draw response, but I was looking at that and then watching the Sunday night game against Dallas thinking, that buyer might have kind of gotten a steal on this. If the Prism Silver is going for $1,000, yeah. the gold vinyl out of five going for 34X that, I mean, that, that seems, it, it seems ridiculous saying a $34,000 card is a steal, but the math, the math says it is. Yeah, I mean, that's, and again, we talk about high-end Prism, optics, select, parallels, like that's the pinnacle in terms of non-autos of these guys and, I'm interested to see, you know, Chris, what you think in terms of how much room might there still be for him growth-wise based on success, potentially the rest of this year, looking at least in the somewhat short term. Yeah, well, you know, Purdy is going to have to shake off some of the branding that's been given to him by the commentariat over the first uh, however many games of his career. And by the way, if you narrow the parameters, to Purdy and you say what's his record in games where he has attempted at least 10 passes playoffs and regular season combined he's 13 and 0 the guy really has never lost a game that you could say he was the true quarterback for the duration of the game and he does have a lot of college experience but he's also only 23 years old so there this is this is such an interesting storyline for the NFL i think if you were to compare Purdy to the star power that the other faces of the NFL have, he's nowhere near their level. I mean, and also in real life, he's nowhere near their level. He's on a contract that pays him like 750000 or 800000 a year for four years. They have easy, <laughs> I mean, how, you know, given the, the tax rates uh, that California has, plus living in the, one of the most expensive areas in the world, which is the Bay Area. You know, I mean, he he is not living the lavish NFL lifestyle that the top-rated quarterback in in this league would 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 live, you would think, right? But here's what I think, Ryan. I think that we're going to learn a lot about Purdy's market when the current Golden Elite auction ends because that auction has Purdy's true NT Shield one of one, the true, 
which is already uh, over $100,000 when you factor in buyer's premium based on early bids that have come in. And that auction also has a PSA 10 of his stars and stripes NT one of one. So it's got basically his two best national treasures cards that will ever be made of him. One of them, even in a PSA 10 running against each other at the same time with, with weeks to go. So we're going to figure out just where, just how many shockwaves the, the Purdy market is going to create within the hobby. But I think in terms of his in, in terms of his image, of his branding, of who he is as a player, he's he's really kind of been he's been painted into a corner of of being sort of a, a byproduct of a terrific system that's loaded with weapons and has a terrific defense to boot. And I think it's gonna be hard to shake that. It's gonna take a lot of work for him or for any quarterback who is in that position to overcome that stigma that he's been labeled with. It it will take a lot, but we've seen it before. If 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 you're as old as me, you can remember the early 2000s when the Patriots won those first few Super Bowls with the with Tom Brady, and it was the defense that carried them in those years and and Brady's job was just to put up enough points and not turn the ball over. Um it took several years for that that rep to get shed. Hopefully it doesn't take as much for Purdy going forward. Now, on the flip side, that's, you know, someone whose market is really heating up early in the football season. Like we mentioned, baseball is kind of hitting its peak in the in the postseason, but there's a lot of guys who didn't make the postseason uh, whose markets have seen some movement. Who do we want to highlight as one of the uh, most notable falling player indexes from the last month, Chris? Yeah, so we are in the throes of playoff baseball, and my Cubs somehow snatched defeat from the jaws of victory and missed the playoffs. So I'm <laughs> I'm watching with with. Uh, with, with a lack of enthusiasm, let's say. But, yeah, we have a baseball superstar here who's down 19% his card letter indexes over the last month, and that's Aaron Judge. Now, Judge, uh, the, the cards from his index in particular that are impacting this decline include his 2017 Topps Paper PSA 10, which was selling for $100, $100 even as late as, as August. But it has since dropped to $68. It even recorded a sale in the last few weeks right around $50. So there's, there's been a pretty big uh, lack of mark enthusiasm for the time being for Aaron Judge as the MLB playoffs push on. We talk about the Yankee premium, but when the Yankees aren't winning, you're just as susceptible to uh, dropping as anyone else. you know. And, and Judge, of course really hit the peak at the end of last season where he hit the 62 home runs. Um, you know, everything was scorching hot. But as you learn these modern markets, uh, you know, that unless you sustain that, you're due for something like this. But again, with the Yankee premium being attached to a guy like that, you know, just as good of an opportunity is there for the rebound, right? Let's move to rising and falling cards from the last month, and we're going to stick with baseball. Chris, what's uh, really been moving upwards? All right, so now on the flip side, uh, who is shining in baseball right now? Who has been shining during the latter part of this season and into the playoffs? It, of course, is Ronald Acuna. And up 22% over the last month is the 2017 Bowman Chrome Prospects Autographs Ronald Acuna PSA 10. This card has a population of 134, 
and it last sold for $2,827 in early October. Now, this card was logging sales of $2,100, $2,500, $2,300 in late August and early September, and now it's got a sale of $3,000, and then it has its most recent sale of $2,800. So it's clearly taken a step up in the market. And what's interesting to note here is even though Acuna's market has certainly trended up across all of his cards throughout this season and into the playoffs, his market is still pretty far off from the pandemic era peak, which for this card in particular, his Bowman Chrome first auto, that peaked in a grade of PSA 10 at $6,900 in April of 2021. So today, it's going for less than half of that, but certainly it is up quite a bit from where it was earlier on this season, and even as recently as a month ago. Does this seem low to either of you? His Bowman Chrome first, I mean, it's just the base car. It's not the refractor. It's not numbered. It's an auto. But it's an auto, and it's PSA 10. And not only did the price seem a little low, the population seems low. Given, you know, in the 2020-2021 releases, how many of those autos you saw get submitted to PSA um, this, uh, this is interesting. The thing with Acuna too, is that he's so photogenic and looks so cool in nearly every card. Mm -hmm. Doesn't look that cool in this one. So there's like a lot of like, there's, there's some incredible Acuna cards and Tops does a really great job choosing those, those photographs that I, I desperately want. This one does a little bit less to me outside of the fact that it has that coveted first badge on it. Also makes you wonder uh, about like, you know, we talk about the 2020 and 2021 as people were really getting into prospecting. It wasn't as big in 2017. So you wonder how many of those autos, you know, really got preserved, really, you know, just kind of got pushed to the side. He wasn't seen as a top prospect at the time when that product came out. So very interesting number on that. Now, let's look at uh, a falling card. We're going to go back to football here. Um, this one will be interesting to discuss, Chris. Yeah, I think this guy's gotten a tough break because he's performed pretty well this year. If you just isolate his numbers, if you look at some of the the metrics that like PFF that are just sort of evaluating each throw and not penalizing him for drop passes and not penalizing him for the fact that he has a pretty terrible defense. But the player whose card is down this month is the 2012 Prism number 230 Russell Wilson towel up variation PSA 10 it last sold for $234 uh on October 8th but very recently as recently as September 10th which was the day of the Broncos first game against the Raiders it sold for $444 and even prior to that in early August it had sold for $620 so it has had quite the drop-off since the summer excitement over the Broncos adding a new coach and having a lot of potential going into this season. Now, it's only a pop 72 because this is the variation to the base. So this this one is not as, as common as the towel-down base version. Uh, but even at that low pop, this card still is, is, is falling rapidly. Now, what's interesting to note from a context from a longer-term point of view, this card had peaked at $3,000 in August of 2021. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. And I'm sure the population has increased a bit since then. 
So really comparing today's price to that price isn't apples to apples entirely. But also worth noting, prior to 2020, in other words, in between 2013 and 2019, when graded copies first started showing up, this card sold in the $15 to $25 range for those seven years. So here we are somewhere in the middle, far away from a $3,000 peak, but also far away from the $15 to $25 range uh, pre-2020. You know, this is a, I don't even, I've never thought about this, but it just popped into mind. Is Russell Wilson a Hall of Famer to you guys? Because I feel like that factors in here a little bit because, you know, you look at the career arc and you mentioned a lot of the specifics. You wonder if his price is where they are right now. Is this just kind of where it's going to settle in? Are there any more peaks left for him at this stage in his career and where he is, you know, organizationally and all those things? There's just like a likability factor that Mm -hmm. comes with a lot of players in terms of their collectability and how closely those things are aligned. He's probably a Hall of Fam- I mean, most Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, all Hall of Famers outside of like the Trent Dilfers of the world. That and, was the first name yeah, that came to mind. And, and things like that. What's interesting about this card and this era of football cards especially is that there's sort of two flagship rookie cards with Topps Chrome and Prism being out at the exact same time. I think it cannibalizes each other a little bit, which drives prices down. You see it um, other players of that era. Um, but still, $3,000 to $234. That seems awfully, like an awfully steep fall. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see if this, this market's hit the, the lowest it can go for Russ because like you said, probably a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. We don't know what all is left in there for him uh, in the next few years, but that's a pretty steep drop. So we're going to take a quick break here on the index, and we'll be right back to talk about notable auctions, uh, auction results from September 2023 with one in mind in particular. Be right back. Hey guys, I'm dropping back in here really quick before we continue the show to give you a quick reminder about PSA's October grading specials available through the end of the month and both exclusive to our Collectors Club members. We're taking it way back with the first special, and this is one that is a nod to vintage collectors and also set registry members who are looking to slab up those ongoing projects that they've been working on for a while. It's a 1950s vintage grading special. Yes, cards from any category manufactured between 1950 and 59 can be submitted at just $14.99 per card through the end of the month. This applies to cards with a max declared value of $199.99 per card. Also, if you're looking for a speedy service at our Value Plus tier, it is available in October at just $34.99 per card for those cards with a max DV of $499.99. With Value Plus, you're paying for a nice boost to the turnaround time experience, with cards processed in 20 business days or less once received in our operation. As I mentioned, these offers are Collectors Club member exclusive, but we also have an offer right now to become a member this week at a discounted rate. Visit psacard.com join and use the code PSA1010, that's PSA1010, for 20% off your annual membership, which includes access to our monthly grading specials, as you already heard about, a 12-month subscription to PSA Magazine, and a $120 loop credit for ripping some packs. Also, visit psacard.com specials for all of the details on this month's PSA grading specials, 
and bookmark the page because at the beginning of each month, we'll have new offers up there for you. And now back to the show. All right, welcome back to The Index. Ryan Green, Jack Archer, and Chris McGill from Card Ladder. Chris, every month we like to talk about usually a couple of notable auctions from the past month and, and dive into kind of what that sale means. We're, you know, just like last month, this month we're going to focus on one because one really stood out above the rest. So set the scene here. Yeah, I mean, look, every month you got your mantles, you know, probably a few going into the million dollar range or close. You've got your Brady contenders, you know, going for six figures. You've got a LeBron RPA going for six figures. You know, maybe you've got a Kobe 90s parallel getting up there. I mean, it, it, after a while, it's sort of is like, okay, we we see a lot of the same cards, the really strong market indicator cards doing well. But for this segment, for this month, I wanted to dive deep instead on one of the most interesting cards, I think, to to hit the market and interesting in all sorts of ways, um, which I think we'll get into here as we discuss it. And we're going to dive deep into this card and the set that it comes from and the product that it comes from. So the card in question is the 2021-22 Flawless Triple Logo Man 1 of 1 LeBron James, Stephen Curry, Luka Doncic, PSA 10, which it sold for $302,400. And I just want to step back before we even get into the background on this card and, and the market for it. Can we just talk about how difficult it is to, to get or to see a PSA 10 on a flawless card, let alone a flawless triple logo man and sort of what you guys think sort of like, like what does it add appeal wise, even to a one of one? when it's a flawless that's in a PSA 10 holder? Because for me, it, it adds quite a bit. It's bananas, especially when the, the Giannis Embiid Joker triple logo man also got a PSA 10. It, it made me think that the folks at Panini really took their time with these specific cards to be as careful as humanly possible with them, especially given that the LeBron triple logo man was, was only graded PSA authentic. I agree, it adds a lot. I will say this. I saw the Giannis Joker um, Embiid when it was here at PSA after it was graded. And I, as I was handed the slab and I looked at it and I was so sucked in by the card and how cool the triple logo men are. I didn't even think to look at the grade at first. And someone in there said, oh, wow, it got a 10. And I looked and said, oh, damn. That, like, it does add a lot. But I think the card is so compelling. It's not the first thing I looked for. But when I saw that, it like it it did elevate it that much more in my eyes. Here's what's so great about the 2021 logo man's and flawless too. 70th anniversary patches. Oh they have God. like a like a cracked ice diamond effect to it. Just style points for days. Definitely. Okay. So let's use that to jump off into a little bit of the background on the flawless triple logo man in general. So this card from the product of Flawless is, is a very recent phenomenon. So Flawless first introduced the Triple Logo Man insert set into 2020-2021 Flawless. So just a year before this LeBron, Steph, Luca triple came out, the year prior was the very first year that Flawless started issuing the Triple Logo Man insert set. Now this set features only five cards only five, and they're all numbered one of one. 
and there are no parallels or other variations. So it's literally five cards, just five, five different cards numbered one of one. Now, of the original, the debut issue of Flawless's first Triple Logo Man set, one of those five was the famous LeBron Triple Logo Man, which features LeBron in his Cavaliers, Heat, and Lakers uniforms and features game-used Logo Men from LeBron in his Cavs, Heat, and Lakers uniforms. That card sold for $2.4 million in June of 2022, as was previously noted, in a PSA Authentic holder. So how, how does that sell? The, the, the first... From the first issue of, of the Triple Logo Man Flawless set, the LeBron Triple, how does that sale compare to the $300,000 sale of the LeBron Curry Luka second year Triple Logo Man PSA 10? Kind of surprised there's that big of a chasm between the two. It's kind of my first, uh, my first reaction. The thing with the LeBron, though, it's it's... Three LeBron yeah. logo mans. The idea of three different teams was so unique. It was the first of its kind, but it's also just LeBron. You might be a massive LeBron fan, and Steph Curry has always bothered you. Yeah. Or you're not a big believer in Luka. So to really buy into this card, you have to be a super fan and a super believer of Luka, specifically, who's much younger than you, uh, to really spend big money on something like this. Yep. I. That's what always makes these cards so fascinating is is when especially when there's a shot that one of the players featured on the card might not ever get to the status of the other two it makes it interesting and and uh a little bit later we're going to talk about the other instances in which a combination of two of these three players have ever appeared together on a card before and it and it, it it's not very often but before we get to that let's now talk about this particular card and the set that it particularly comes from so as we mentioned, this is the second issue of the Triple Logo Man from Flawless set. It also has only five cards, each numbered one of one with no variations. The other four Triple Logo Men were very interesting to me. So obviously you've got this one. You've got the Luca LeBron Steph. Here's the other four. Cade, Evan Mobley, and Scotty Barnes. James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie all in their Nets uniforms. <laughs> okay. Jalen Green, Vince Carter, and Zach Levine. That's I don't I don't know how that one came to. I, there must be some theme there. And then and then the fourth alternative one was was the most captivating one I think, which is the last five league MVPs. Giannis or the, the winners of the last five league MVPs with Giannis and Bead and Jokic. That one also graded at PSA ten, and it sold in the auction before last. So it sold back in August. And it sold for eighty four thousand. So, how how does that? How does the eighty four thousand sale stack up to the to this three hundred thousand dollars sale? And what do you think about all these other these four other triple logo men? Like, you know, this this product. The deeper you dive into it, the more interesting it gets. The one thing I would say is, if I pulled any of the three outside of the LeBron, Lucas, Steph, or the Giannis. And be Jokic, I'd feel like kind of punched in the gut. I'd be like, oh. had a one in five. If I'm gonna pull a logo man, it had to be had to be one of these. 
Um, it's a really cool concept, and I think they did a really nice job of not overdoing it this year because you could totally see this being something where they could jump the shark and make like 25 different combinations of them, and I like that they kept this pretty exclusive. So now let's bring this discussion to a close and focus a little bit on the market for this particular card. So what's interesting is that this is the only card I could find that featured only these three players, LeBron, Steph, and Luka, to ever publicly sell. And granted, Luka is much newer to the league than the other two, and he's far less accomplished, but he's entering his sixth season. You know, we've had five years of 30-ish annual Panini NBA products. And this is the only time I could find a card that had these three players and it had a public sale. Now, granted, it's unusual to have a card with only three players. And the Triple Logo Man certainly is, is, is a great one to feature these three on. But that also speaks to sort of the rarity of this card conceptually, is that putting these three to, this is the first time these three have ever been put together on any caliber of card that is publicly sold. Now, there are no public sales of a card with LeBron and Steph only, which was interesting. I mean, these two are nemeses. They're, they're, for, for them to, to, to not have a public sale of a card with the two of them on it was interesting. I, I almost wonder, you know, as we sort of think about the $300,000 price tag, how much of a factor, I'll, I'll pause right here, and I wonder what you guys think about this, how much of a factor was it that this is, this is the first of its kind as, as far as I can tell, as far as my research can tell, this is the first, the first issuance, the first public offering of a high-end or any card featuring LeBron and Steph together. I think it matters. You know, I, I know Jack and I talk about this a lot. We're both like big on, you know, hobby firsts and, and the historic significance of cards. I think there's definitely something there, especially when you mention, you know, not to the degree of like, the way that bird and magic were linked together throughout the eighties. But, you know, if you've been an NBA fan over the course of the past decade, well, LeBron and Steph are absolutely um, in that manner. Now, does it matter that there's a third guy involved in the card? Um, I ask you, does it matter that there's a third guy in Dr. J involved in bird and magic's rookie card? I don't think it does, but uh, it's kind of one of those things to each their own. Here's what's fun about this card, too, and what's exciting that Luca is on it. LeBron and Steph, like, there's still additional upside with, you know, another, another ring that they, either of them could potentially get. But there's a lot of upside with Luca. And some of that fun, some of that thrill is something that you're also purchasing when you're spending this kind of money on a card like this. Yeah, that's, that's a really interesting point that I hadn't processed here is that there's... There is, you know, there's there's room, there's plenty of room to speculate on this card, particularly because of Luca's inclusion. And by the same token, there's there's plenty of opportunity for this card to lose cachet if Luca never really becomes a name that belongs mentioned alongside those two over the longer arc of basketball history. I think the PSA, the PSA 10 grade, like people say grades don't matter on a 101 or grades don't matter on a card as rare and special as this. Until it's a 10. And, but when it's a PSA 10, I mean, that's, that's pretty nasty on a card this special. Um, man, I would, I've never owned a logo, man. 
don't plan to own a logo man, but I would love to own a logo man of any player that, that I really like and enjoy. Well, so there are no public sales of a card featuring only LeBron and Steph. There also are no public sales of a card featuring only Luca and Steph. So that's that this is like like Curry just doesn't appear on cards with with superstar contemporaries. But Luca and LeBron have been featured together. They've they've been featured together intentionally on cards on on high-end cards even and they've also been featured unintentionally uh together on cards some of luca's more popular issues from his second third fourth and fifth years are cards that are you know sometimes referred to as lebron shadow cards where the picture the the action shot of the card features lebron in the background in fact luca's 2019 select his second year select card features LeBron prominently in the background, sort of watching Luca take off for a layup, and and that's been a card of interest to collectors of Luca for that reason. So Luca and LeBron have been on cards together previously, and even within 2021-22 Flawless, they were featured together. So within this same product, there is a 12-card dual Logo Man set, not to be confused with the five-card triple Logo Man set. One of the 12 in the dual logo man set was LeBron and Luca, a LeBron and Luca dual logo man. That card also recently sold. It sold for 102,000, but it wasn't yet graded. It was still in the original sealed flawless one touch, which some collectors prefer uh, their, their flawless cards to, to never leave that Panini sealed one touch. That sale also took place on September 13th in the same auction as the $300,000 sale that's the topic of this segment. So I guess essentially what that boils down to, if we use that sale, the Luca LeBron duel, as sort of a baseline at $102,000, if you just add Steph, add in the special nature of the triple logo man, and put it in a PSA 10 holder, and the price triples, which, which seems significant, how how do you guys reconcile the LeBron Luca duel going for one hundred and two thousand, and then throw in Steph, make it a triple, and put it in a PSA ten, and that card in the same auction goes for over three hundred thousand? I mean, it doesn't really surprise me. No, Steph is universally beloved. Triple logo man, seventh anniversary, cracked dice look style points, and it's a PSA ten versus just being in a one touch. The, the, to me, the prices feel completely right on both sides. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Plus, just the term triple logo man. Yeah. I feel like that just makes such an impact to say versus dual logo man. Absolutely. It rolls off the tongue in a <laughs> yeah. different way. These things are important. <laughs> Love to own one someday. But man, there's a, these, prices, uh, these prices are impressive. And I, I don't know about you guys. I know you guys are, are both huge NBA guys. You're ready for the season. I have made a vow personally that I'm going to be much more mentally and emotionally invested in the NBA this year. Uh, not sure on the card side. I'm going to jump in, but have a feeling you guys might urge me at some point. But as we wrap up the index, super excited to say next week we're going to be bringing hit draft back because NBA training camps are open, preseason is underway. It's time to it's time to beef up the collections, right? I can't wait. I'm I'm <laughs> so excited. Ryan, it's time for you to pick. I'm not going to tolerate this anymore. 
it's time for you to pick a PC player for basketball. It doesn't need to be active. All right. It can be someone retired. Maybe you like Kevin Garnett. Maybe you like Dirk Nowitzki. Maybe you like Reggie Miller, God forbid. Whoever it is, pick somebody, Ryan, so that you can experience the joys, the roller coaster ride of collecting basketball as a season unfolds, as the history of the sport casts a shadow over the performances that are happening. And the performances that are happening remind us of the importance of the history and the accomplishments of the players who define the sport. The NBA's history is much shorter than the NFL or the MLB. And a lot of the greatest players, even the earliest greatest players, are still fresher in the memory and fresher in the mind than they are for the other sports. It's really, it's a sport that's more connected because of its shorter history to the entirety of its history, which makes it really interesting to collect players from all different eras. So Ryan, by the time we do that hit draft, let's brainstorm, let's work together, you, me, and Jack. Let's identify a player for you to start collecting so you can enjoy this NBA season right along with us, man. That was a phenomenal speech. Drew, I have a request for you. When you're doing the editing, I need the like the background music from the Independence Day speech playing <laughs> behind Chris the entire time. That was that was so impressive. I'm in awe right now. I love it. So it's funny. I was having a conversation with Drew earlier about, you know, when you need that new project, you let the cards come to you. You let the cards speak to you. But for this one, I'm going to play ball. I'm going to pick two. I'm going to have a retired player PC, and I do need an active player PC. Um, so and, and an NBA League Pass subscription, too. So I you can, can watch I, every single game I can of get this in, active player. I can player. get in on that. So by the time we get in here for the hit draft next week, I will have them locked in. I've got some ideas already, but I can't wait. Let's so, go. <laughs> Patrick Williams, baby. Yeah, we're not going that route. I'm, I'm, I'm not going with any Chicago Kobe Bulls. White, let's I, roll. I love the Bulls, but I won't PC it. <laughs> Chris, thank you for the for the insights and the data. As always, Chris McGill from Car Ladder bringing it here on the Index. Jack Archer, I'm Ryan Green. We will be back next week, back here on the PSA pod with the hit draft. We'll talk to you.